Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Dr. Jamil. Dr. Jamil is my cousin. He's from the UK, and he gives us a great look into the pandemic from the front lines. I just want to thank everybody for tuning into the podcast. Please like and subscribe. Give it a good rating. And check me out on Instagram, at Newer Kidwai. I always appreciate new followers. And we are part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records. So please check that out as well. And uh, you can check out more funny podcasts from different Canadian comedians. Well, let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Dr. Jamil. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. Today I'm here with my cousin, Dr. Jamil from the UK. How you doing, brother? Good, bro. How are you? How's everything going? Oh, dude, I uh, I actually just got over COVID, so I'm feeling good. My energy's back, and uh, yeah, basically just uh, trying to get my uh, trying to get back to like working out and keeping healthy. Um, we we're in lockdowns right now, so uh, I've been asking myself for the past five years to work. I'll be going. I'll go for like four or five weeks, and then I'll stop, and then I'll go for four or five weeks, and then I'll stop. Then I started going at the beginning of this year, right? Okay, and I was yep. It's been four or five weeks, I'm doing good, and then boom, pandemic hit. And then everything in the UK went into lockdown for like six months, five, six months, something crazy. Then I started again, and then, well, there was a local lockdown in the UK again in November. So I was like, you know, just fuck it, can't be up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Uh, and honestly, dude, you have an interesting story. So this is your first year as a doctor. Yeah. And you have to do it during a pandemic. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, how, how, like, when did you start? And, like, when did the pandemic hit? And, like, maybe just give us a little insight into that. Well, I finished medical school around December, January. Uh, and then, so I, uh, and I studied abroad in Prague, which is in uh, Czech Republic. <clears throat> I studied there at Charles University. And then, uh, so I graduated and I think, yeah, yeah, you know, everything's going good. And then, I was about to uh, do my. Um, it's like an. It's so, it's so stupid because I studied abroad. They had. They told me I had to do an English test to get back into the UK. I mean, it is so ridiculous. So I got my English test right, and then the pandemic hit, and then I thought, oh shit, right? Okay, then they cancelled it. They put postponed it. So I wasn't working for like so many months, and then around the summertime, right? Okay, everything started picking up better. I managed to do my. Or late summer, I managed to start doing my um, that English test. I passed it, uh, and then they granted me my license to work in the UK. And so, like over the past like two months, I've been almost two months now. I've been working. So yeah. Okay, and are you uh, are you working with COVID patients at the moment? Yeah, it's COVID everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the UK, like because of our because we've got almost seventy million people here. They. It's like COVID just, I mean, it, it, even if even if this population is small, I mean, look, you guys, you're in Canada, there's like 30 million people, you know, like COVID can just spread everywhere. So it is, it was, uh, it's died down a lot as compared to what it was in the earlier, um, around March, April, May, the peak of the pandemic. Because um, there it was like in every department and it's still in every department now, but I think we're just more well-managed now. So um, where I work, which is in like, it's near where, you know, your um, cousin, you know, our cousin Kimmy and Kieran, where they live. It's near there. So that's Yorkshire with a high elderly population. And that's where the mining towns used to be. So people have a lot of comorbidities like COPD and things like that. So they're more uh, like they've got high chances of getting COVID. So that's where COVID is the highest. And I'm working there. So you got a lot of elderly patients upcoming with COVID. And we're just trying to treat them and do the best we can. Yeah, dude. And like, um, yeah, how, how does that feel like as a first time like doctor to like kind of jump into this situation? Is it a little like overwhelming or like hey, what, are you adjusting? It is a little overwhelming. I mean, I when, when, before I started working in this year, I, I was doing like a clinical attachment so I can just understand the 
how the, the system in the UK is because I was studying abroad and in Prague the system is different. So I was doing like a clinical attachment in the hospital and then, um, yeah, it was so many COVID patients. Then what happened is I got COVID and then I came home and I passed it to my dad, who's a respiratory doctor, a pneumologist. Then I passed it to my mom and then my grandma. So it was like a domino effect. Everyone had it. So it was, it was really, and I had it for about two weeks, two weeks. My grandma had it for longer, but she, I was surprised because she had it quite mild. I mean, we all had, I think the worst symptom for all of us was the loss of smell and taste. And particularly for my grandma, it was really bad, the loss of smell and taste. But I didn't get any coughing and things like that. We, we didn't, um, it's like, it's just almost as if we all got the same strain of COVID. There's different strains. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and like that's interesting. So like I just uh, got it, and I think I got it at a comedy show right before we locked down. And um, I know there was four of us comedians who got it. Yeah. And out of the four, I was the only one who didn't end up in a hospital. So the other three all ended up in a hospital, and luckily they're all doing fine now. But uh, are they, are they yeah, your age. Uh, one was my age. Um, I think uh, has asthma though, so I think that was probably the reason it went bad. And the other ones, uh, the other two comics are about fifty years old, and um, I don't know. Maybe overweight was their thing. I I, I don't know what their uh, yeah. what their reason, but like they they all got hit extremely hard. I had like a I had like a kind of like a fever, body chills for like two days. Mm. And then like diarrhea on the third day, and like it kind of left my body. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like um, diarrhea is not a common symptom, but it's weird because fever. They, they used to say that um, having losing your smell and your taste was not a common symptom, but everyone that I know who's had COVID has lost their smell and taste. So it was really strange. But yeah, I had fever and myalgia. Myalgia meaning like body aches. And I just felt super tired, and uh, yeah. But I'm um, I'm glad that uh, uh, we got over it. But uh, I just um, I think now I'm um, I've got the antibodies. I think we all have the antibodies. I know my dad got tested for the antibodies, and he's positive for it. Um, but I think now it's about knowing how long will these antibodies last in our body, and how long will they protect us, and if this vaccine that's coming out will really help everybody you know or will it help people with certain strains of covid because there's so many different strains of covid like with the flu vaccine for example it helps a lot of people most people but the flu vaccine is only specific to a group of strains there are other strains which are resistant to the flu jab so you can still get the flu even if you've had the uh the vaccine the, you know, okay so how many strains of COVID have they found? Like, I've never even heard they had different strains of COVID. I'm not sure myself, but it happens with viruses because viruses are very smart. So if you look at a virus and a bacteria, they're quite different. A bacteria has no cell wall. Okay, so um, bacteria have a cell, don't have a cell wall. Uh, and so therefore, when you get antibiotics, when you get like a bacterial infection or something, uh, like if you get a bacterial pneumonia or something in your lungs, you can give antibiotics, and it will destroy the um, it can destroy the uh, bacterial infection because the antibiotics can penetrate through it and destroy them, and also the immune system as well, the white cells and, and things like that. But uh, viruses have a solid um, wall around them. Got, think of it like a shield, like you've got two warriors. One's got no shield, and one's got a huge shield around them and armor. And so, even though you can get Make medit. You can take things for like symptoms of viruses of a virus, like symptomatic treatment. You can't actually have a direct treatment for any virus, whether you've got the cold or anything like that. You can just treat the symptoms because they're too strong, and there's no uh, medication out there which can actually directly kill a virus. Uh, but what vaccines can do is that they um, can offer protection against either the virus itself or um, the secondary effects of it. So, like you know, you've had, you know you've heard about tuberculosis, right? TB. So you can have like the TB vaccine. It's called the BCG vaccine. That vaccine actually, people think that the vaccine is actually made to prevent you from getting TB. It doesn't prevent you from getting TB. What it does do is that it treat it treats the secondary effects of um, 
of TB. So now they've got like uh, actual medications which you can take for um, if you get TB. But if you um, if you if you for example if you've um, if you've not had that if you've not had the med medication and TB resolves as it normally does, it doesn't actually resolve. What happens is is that the body calcifies it in your lungs or wherever, and then it's just waiting for it for you to go to a different environment or a different country where the air is different or it's waiting for you to get ill where it can be activated again. So that's where the virus, that's where the vaccine, sorry, the BCG vaccine, the TB vaccine, that's how it can help. It can treat the secondary effects of um, TB, which is worse than actual the primary effects. So that's how vaccines are. It's, it's, each vaccine is different. It has different properties. Some are made with actual some virus, some vaccines are made with actual viruses, like a dead type of viruses, and they are created to actually help our immune system. So, it's it's uh, it depends. It's it's very different. It'll be interesting to see what this COVID vaccine does, and if it does truly help people. Mm -hmm. And like this one would be like I, from what I've read, it's like an mRNA virus uh, or vaccine, and it's basically is what it's going to do is kind of basically show the immune system, like just give the immune system way to make antibodies. Is that pretty much what it is? Yeah. So it will uh, provide antibodies against uh, the virus and um, it will stick to like the cells and things like that. So that if viruses try to get to the cells, they'll actually be pairing not with a cell, but with the, the, um, the vaccine or the antibodies and everything, and things like that. And then obviously you've got these B cells in the body, which are called the memory cells. They will remember this antibody, anti, uh, antibody, and then they'll start producing that particular type of antibody. So it's, it's quite smart. It's like how humans work. That's how our actual cells and our immune system work. They work together. So if you think about it, it's crazy. The way us humans work, you know, like it's, it's exactly how our internal system works as well. So the B cells will remember it and think, okay, this is how we make it and things like that. But the problem is, is that how long will this vaccine work and how long will the B cells remember? Will it be six months? Will it be a year? Because these B cells and the, the antibody producing cells, they'll, they can forget or they could remember for the rest of our lives. It depends. So that's, oh, yeah. so that's the interesting thing about this um, vaccine. Again, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not uh, an immunologist. I'm not 100% sure about everything. But uh, that's the thing with the virus, uh, the vaccine. So, because there've been vaccines in the past where they've introduced a vaccine, and then a few years later they'll create another vaccine of that to make it stronger, so that it'll last for a lifetime. And I think that might happen with the COVID vaccine. I think because they've brushed it and made it now. I think what they'll do maybe in a year or two's time they'll make another one that's more stronger. But again, I could be wrong. This one could be the one that provides full immunity for life. Yeah, let's hope so. We, we we want those B cells to be holding a grudge then, eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, buddy, like, I want you to remember this one for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing how the body works. When you actually learn it, the physiology of everything, it's incredible. The way us humans work, you know, the way we interact with people, when we go out for a job and we help each other, or if, if we go to war, we will stick on one side and then the other. You know, it, it's ex exactly how our body is, you know, this internal cells. Our cells have a brain. They, you know, some cells are stronger and bigger than others. It's, it's crazy if you think about it, how the body works. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I, uh, I've only did a little bit of, like, biochemistry back when I, like, took my undergrad, but I, I agree with you. I always loved watching how, like, the cells and stuff, um, yeah, they mimic, like, other parts of our, like, human behavior and nature. I think it's just so beautiful. It is. It's incredible. Um, so, let, like, let's talk about the virus a little bit on the sense that, like, um, because you were telling me when we were talking on the phone the other day, um, how kind of, like, the virus... It's just like one of the reasons our body reacts to it is just because it's like so foreign. So like you never know, like some people might have like a very like mild or no symptoms at all, but other people, their immune system just goes haywire. And then like what happens after that? So your immune system is, see, you could look like a perfectly healthy person or one person could look like a perfectly healthy person but their immune system might be different. So the, our immune systems react differently. There are other things like comorbidities, like you've got COPD, which is like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or you've got, if you've got things like that, they make things worse. Like if you've got heart disease, hypertension, 
or things like that, or kidney disease, they are the key factors for COVID. COVID loves that because it, your body's already weak, your immune system's already weak, so COVID can attack. So the weaker one person's immune system is, the more susceptible they are to getting a severe reaction to this. But what I was saying to you before was that if you look at, for example, okay, you can't compare, for example, HIV or swine flu or this and that to um, uh, COVID because they, even though they're all viruses, they're actually from different families. You can't, or swine flu, you can't actually compare any of these viruses together. But if you look at coronavirus, COVID-19, COVID it's part of a group of viruses, coronavirus. You have the, the SARS virus and the MERS virus. Those other ones are actually more um, dangerous in one sense, dangerous in one sense. Uh, I'm trying to use it in more simple terms than mm -hmm. uh, COVID-19. But the thing with COVID-19 is, is that normally if we get like a flu or something like that, our body will know how to react towards it. Or if we get a cold, we could have, we, we may get different types of strains of colds. We don't know. We may get a different type of strain, but even if you get a different type of strain, the body will know how to react to it because it's seen it before. But with Corona mm -hmm. and COVID-19, um, what's happened is, is that the body doesn't know where this virus comes from or what it is and how to deal with it. And so what the body does, it goes into full on panic mode. And so what happens is that it produces inflammation, this over inflammatory effect and over, it overreacts basically. The body overreacts. And so it, to try and kill the virus, what it does is that it causes, releases this inflammatory markers, inflammation to try out, or it will increase the temperature of something like that to try and, um, destroy the um whatever is invading the body and what that uh inflammation do is that can actually kill a patient particularly with these elderly people you know yeah. or um you know it can cause like something called cytokine storm so cytokines are these inflammatory uh, markers which are released to try and uh tackle the virus but because they're being produced in such high amounts it can actually have a negative effect on the body and cause over inflammation on the lungs and then the lungs stop working, and then you have to go into ITU, ICU, and then you're being ventilated because your lungs can't breathe on their own. They can't, you know, do the respiration of oxygen coming in, carbon dioxide coming out. So it's serious. And then also because you can get your lungs and your body can become weak, you can get, for example, pneumonia, which you see in elderly people. I think the most common cause of death is COVID pneumonia. So people can get COVID and then they will get pneumonia. And if your lungs are already being infected by COVID, imagine getting pneumonia, uh, pneumonia on top of that. So it's just like a recipe mm. for disaster. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it, comorbidities can make things worse, but also at the same time, um, it's, your own body can actually kill you. This over, overreactive inflammatory effect that's happening in your body. That, uh, yeah, that's, um, it's, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, I actually find it interesting because you were talking about like uh, the immune system and how it remembers stuff. And like you were saying, like colds and flus, like these are stuff that we're used to. So like the body like kind of sees the um, these viruses, even if they're different, they can kind of like understand what it is. But like when something so foreign comes in that like your body hasn't seen before, mm. um, it, it might end up overreacting. And like uh, that's when you see... And like, are you seeing like a lot of people that look like completely healthy come in with like uh, just an overreactive like immune system kind of thing? Uh, to be honest with you, most people are, I'd say, um, fifty plus. You do get some in their forties and maybe some in their thirties, but most of them are um, in their fifties, and a lot of them are either have diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, overweight. Uh, so it, it is true in the sense that you are most likely to be in hospital and get, you know, go into ITU and things like that if you have these comorbidities and things like that. For young patients, for young guys like me and you, I mean, I'm 28, you're early 30s. Um, you know, we can we can get COVID as as elderly people can also, but the reaction of our bodies against the virus is much stronger and better because we have stronger and more healthy immune systems. So we will, mm -hmm. we will be symptomatic, but uh, we're able to fight it off or, you know, the body is able to keep strong uh, for us. But, uh, you know, most most of the time it's, it's 
uh, people 50 plus that die. Um, yeah, I've seen it myself in the hospital. All right. I, I was going to ask, uh, like, um, have you guys been using any of, like, the different kind of medications, like Regeneron? I know, like, Trump, was he got to use that when he got it? Like, <laughs> like uh, do, do you have you guys tried any of that stuff yet? No. So now, if okay, so it's it's kind of, each hospital does it different, but generally in the UK, um, you've got your oxygen saturation. If it's usually above, um, if, if, um, if you're unable to breathe yourself, generally speaking, you've got a mask in your, um, if your oxygen saturation, I think, I think if it's below 92%, we use like dexamethasone, which is like a, they use it in America, I think as well, this corticosteroid, which is, has an anti-inflammatory property. It's anti-inflammatory. It helps, um, with the anti-inflammation. Uh, and so what it does, it binds to the, um, the, the cells in the body so that when the COVID comes, instead of binding to the cells in the body or wherever, or in the lungs, it binds to the um, dexamethasone instead, which provides this anti-inflammatory effect. Obviously, we're using oxygen as well and uh, to help uh, uh, people. Um, we've got remdesivir as well, but that, again, it's 50-50. We don't really... Um, uh, some hospitals agree with using it. Some hospitals don't agree with using it. Some doctors agree with it. Some doctors don't agree with it. Um, I think. We, and what is it? So it's it's anti. It's, it's like similar to Regeneron. It's like an antiviral uh, property thing. They use it in America as well, Remdesivir. Uh, but it depends. Like it's mainly we use oxygen therapy and uh, corticosteroids such as um, dexamethasone. That's we use dexamethasone. So that's what we're using to help try and bring the inflammation down or to try and prevent further inflammation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, all right. That's interesting. Um, so how's uh, like uh, when it comes to like the politics behind COVID uh, in the UK, like I'm sure it's probably the same. We're getting it in Canada as well, where there's a ton of anti-maskers or there's a ton of like the anti-lockdown people I have more sympathy for just because I understand this is like, yeah. This is destroying businesses and stuff. Um, but like, even some people just don't even believe this virus is a thing. Like, uh, do you guys have that like quite a bit in the UK as well? And like, do you ever see patients with that kind of attitude? Uh, to be honest with you, we have a lot of it in the UK, of course, but we don't really see patients with that. I mean, when I go out, I see pretty much most people wearing masks. Like when, you know, you went to the Trafford Center, right? That big shopping center in Manchester. Did you go there when you came over? Yeah. 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 So most people there were wearing masks and most people, obviously everyone in the hospital wears masks and many of the patients do as well. Um, I think uh, in regards to masks, um, you see, you got to, what you've got to understand is that I think the masks offer better protection for those people who actually have the virus. It prevents people, it offers better protection in preventing other people from getting it. It's nowhere near 100%. It's nowhere near even 50% uh, protection, um, with, with, whether it's the N95 mask or the surgical masks. But they have proven to, through research, I think there was some uh, research done in India, they found that it has better, um, it doesn't, it doesn't offer that much protection with actually walking around wearing it and thinking that you're not going to get it. You, if you're next to someone who has got COVID, and well, there's somewhere down there, maybe 10, uh, six, seven feet away from you, and you're wearing your mask. The virus can still pass through that mask very easily mm. because the virus is smaller. Re depending on how your immune system reacts, that's another thing. But if you do have the virus and you are in those N95 masks or something like that, it does, there was research done that it actually offers better protection for other people. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so. Uh, um, I'm not really too sure about how that works. I, I, I still need to look at it, every, it properly myself, but I do know that it actually offers slightly better protection for people who actually have the virus themselves. And of course, you've got to isolate yourself, things like that. But um, yeah, I, and I can understand why people do these anti-maskers thing and people are you know, protesting about lockdown because the government just doesn't... I mean, the government, the UK government is helping a lot. But I think there's the aspect of they can do more. They can do more to help um, and have that money um, go into, uh, you know, areas of people who really need it in the UK, you know, particularly people who are poor and things like that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, no, I like that's why I do have sympathy for those kind of lockdowns as well, especially with uh, small businesses and stuff. Uh, I do like Canada. I think our response with like giving money to like uh, workers and stuff has been okay. Um, but yeah, when it comes to small businesses, it just seems like a lot of countries have kind of left it out to dry. And uh, I mean, I think it's the same in the UK. They've, they've given a lot of money to people, but they could give more money to businesses or have some sort of support. And now they're doing this thing where, like, um, you know, now they've they've done this uh, thing about, uh, you know, now they've allowed people to mix through Christmas, but it has to be people from your own family up to like, I think it's up to three members of your other families. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna be honest, once you've given people to do something like that, they're not gonna uh, adhere to that rule. They're gonna think right, three times three means nine, and nine times three is twenty-seven people. So let's call everyone over. <laughs> So I expect after Christmas, it's going to shoot back up the figures in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, would would you think it would be easier to catch it at the house with family uh, rather than, like, going to a pub where they might be at least taking, uh, like, like precautions, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's, 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 it's really crazy because, you know, even there's, there's actually nothing that anyone can really do. I mean, I think everybody will get the virus. I think most people will get the virus. I'm going to be honest with you. Most people will be asymptomatic. They won't have symptoms. They won't, they won't even realize that they have the virus. That's a crazy thing. But those, you'll get people who have, uh, who are, um, symptomatic. So I think the figures that they're showing out now, showing that there's a lot of, um, a lot of people with the virus and things like that. I think that's only people who are symptomatic, but then you've got, or people who actually have the virus, but then you've got those people who are asymptomatic. So in actual fact, the, the numbers of people who have had, actually had COVID are so much higher than what we know. So even though it's, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, it's a horrible virus, in all honesty, um, the, the lethality of it and the death rate of it is quite, um, small. You know, so and which is a good thing in one sense. We have got, oh, I mean, in the UK, we've got over, I think, sixty-four thousand deaths, which is a lot. But um, if you compare it to the actual amount of people that have had the virus, of course, it's um, it's the death rate is very small compared to that. No, that's uh, like we're lucky. We're lucky with that for sure. <laughs> All right, one more question on COVID, and then we'll move on to some other topics. Um, so, like. We're lucky in the States, I mean, not in the States, in Canada and, like, the UK, I think uh, uh, we did do lockdowns, and it's kind of helped bring these numbers down so, like, the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. But if you look in, like, some other countries in, like, Europe and, like, I know in America right now, there's, like, there's tons of hospitals which are at capacity already with the ICU, and the numbers are just going up. Like, what happened? Do you know, like, what the hospitals do when that happens when it goes past capacity that's the thing that was happening in my hospital as well what's happened is is that um for example i work in acute medicine acute medicine is for example where do you know like for example after people come into you know accident in emergency they'll come there they will get treated for what they've got like to stop the serious side effects and then they get passed to acute medicine acute medicine is about these acute problems like chest pain heart attack things like that that's what normally acute medicine treats but because of covid now our whole ward you know and we have i think in my we've got um 50 beds almost in, a, in acute medicine acute medical unit amu almost 50 beds almost all of them are covid you know and so that was at the peak of the pandemic and now other departments like gastro and cardio and respiratory they've had to, they've turned into covid wards as well so it's crazy so many and so therefore gastro has moved to another department because the gastro ward is now a covid ward and cardio has moved to another department so it's been completely pandemonium however over the last four five four months we've managed to control everything so even though those wards are covid wards um things like for example the lockdown which we had just um we, we had a lockdown in november october november for one month um it actually um, helped uh, where I'm at, you know, the, the, COVID, the COVID numbers actually decreased, which is different from the other lockdown because we started too late. If we started earlier, it would have helped. But because we started, mm. at, I mean, we could have started a bit earlier, maybe around October time, but 
because we started, uh, late, you know, just like a few weeks ago. Well, we, we came out of lockdown two weeks ago. Uh, because we started around that time and we had it for four weeks, it actually brought the cases down, which is good because when I started, there was so many COVID and now it just, it's it's gone down a lot, which is a good thing. It's manageable. So, um, but then again, it depends. If you go down towards London and um, in the south, it's not as bad as it is in the north. Because then again, up in the north, we have um, our diets Technically speaking, our diets are not as better as the people down the south. So, you know, now there's a whole north versus south thing going on in the UK. You know, like how it's in, in, in America, like the south will rise up and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, you guys are having a little bit of a beef over the diets now, eh? The diets and all oh, the north is... And now people in the north are complaining about, oh, the north is being bullied by the south. And, you know, because the PM lives down in the south. But I think it's... Um, because, like I said, we had more of the factories and the mines and everything up here, and we have a higher elderly population up in the north as compared to the south, generally speaking. I think uh, this is why um, uh, we have higher rates of COVID, which is crazy because you think that places in London would be worse, but it actually isn't, to be honest with you. But it, de you know, it depends on each hospital and, and how many um, doctors and physician associates we have and all these things. But we're all working together, the doctors and nurses, Everyone's equal in the hospital. You know, no one is bigger than the other. Everyone is equal. Everyone's helping each other out. We're all in this together. And we will beat the virus. We are controlling. It's under control. We're trying to stabilize it. That's good to hear, man. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think even with London, when I was there, it's a very young population, too, out there. So yeah. that probably does have a big uh, effect on it. Um, all right, let's switch topics a little bit, man. Uh, one thing I do talk a lot about on this podcast is kind of like finding your direction in life, uh, talking about like when you're like trying to like when you have uncertainty in your life, how to kind of like move through that. And I remember talking to you like going through um, med school. Uh, I know you did have a lot of uncertainty, like, um, of, like, is this really what I want to do? And uh, just, like, for people to understand your family, you come from your dad's a doctor, all your siblings are becoming a doctor as well. So, like, I'm not sure, like, did you feel like this was something you kind of, like, you know, you were just like, oh, I'm going to do this. And, like, I know you did have, like, a lot of uncertainty, like, but then I know you kind of turned it around and found, yeah. like, hey, this is what I want to be. And, like, um, can you kind of, like, uh, give, shed some light on that uh, whole experience for yourself? So I wanted to, when I was younger, I wanted to be, like, um, an architect. Or I wanted to, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but to be an architect, you've got to be good at um, physics and drawing, which uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so then you, you just get left out of the way, like, what am I supposed to do? And my mom and dad never forced me to go into medicine or anything like that. My dad was like, son, do whatever you want, just as long as you're a professional and as long as you're the best at it. So I went into medical school and uh, I was a bit unsure at first. I was a bit unsteady at first. And um, I think as I got through medical school, like, I started enjoying it a lot more. And, you know, when I was passing my exams and getting really good results, I felt very confident. But... At the same time, when you get stressed, you, you think to yourself, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to put myself through all this kind of stress? You know, I'm going to be studying for the rest of my life, which is true. You never stop studying as a doctor. So when I was in medical school, it was really, it was difficult, particularly in places like Prague, where, um, you know, you not only do you do different exams, but you've got to do like these interview exams as well and practical exams. So it's stressful and also being away from your family. You know, and just like growing up in a multicultural society in the UK, where you have like a lot of Pakistanis, Indians and colored people everywhere. And, you know, you can, everything is accessible in the UK, you know, like you see a lot of people of color in politics, even on the right wing and the left wing. It's very, we're very central, the UK, which is quite different from Canada and America because they try to switch from both sides, but we're very central in the UK. And so um, they're moving from a place like that to Czech Republic, and it's like no brown people. I was the only one. People looked to me and thought, 
they were looking at me. I think is, is this guy a gypsy or not? Like, because they they look at you like this, like looking like is he a gypsy? Because there's so many gypsies there. <laughs> and I think is he a gypsy? No, he's not. And then they just settle with, oh, he must be from Saudi Arabia. He's an Arab. They don't understand Pakistani or Indian. They just think if you're brown, you're an Arab. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a uh, that's interesting. Uh, Arab or uh, gypsy? Gypsy, <laughs> right? Okay. So I'm like, wow. Um, guess I'm an Arab now. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it was a good experience um, being away from your parents, not being mollycoddled. Um, growing up in a different country, it's a different kind of reality. You've got to sort your finances out. You've got to learn how to do this. You've got to learn how to do that. You also, and you know, I, I, I also, I am also a Czech citizen as well. I've got my my, my registry card um, there. So you you begin to live like a Czech person, you begin to manage your finances like a Czech person, because you, you, I lived there for like seven years, so it's a, it's a big, um, it's a, it was a big part of my 20s, I've gone to that, and so that's where I got, I got a bit sad, because I thought to myself, my whole 20s have gone all the way to medicine, I've not traveled, I've not done this, I've not done that, and I'd see people on Facebook and Instagram, who were, you know, my school peers who were, who were with me in school and college, and I thought, wow, they, they're traveling, and I'm or well, they get married and you know they're popping kids out left, right, and center. And here's me just stuck on internal medicine. That's so. <laughs> 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 tough, but you know, um, thinking about it now, looking back at it, um, if you want to succeed in life, you've got to go through the fire. You've got to go through just unbelievable amount of hard work and sweat and tears. You've got to live like that. That's that. Yeah, is. you can't. People who go. I think people who go through the easy way in life don't really see the hard part of life. And then when they get into their 30s and 40s and they get kids, and the, then reality hits them and then they're not making as much money as they used to and they're not as big as they used to. You know, like these people on social media, they'll get rich at 18 and then they're living, you know, the millionaires in their 20s. And then when they get to their 30s and 40s, people don't like them as much anymore and the popularity decreases. And they, so they've not gone through the hardship which is what I'm trying to say. And so if you don't go through hardships in life, how are you supposed to learn about anything? How are you supposed to learn about managing this and managing your finances and what to do in a bad situation? I'd rather do that now yeah. and then later. I think it's the same with you as well. Like you were saying before, like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't find, you know, what to do with, you know, the, I'm a bit stuck in the middle at the moment. You know, when I, when I saw you and you came over for Kimmy's, uh, Kieran's wedding, you're a bit stuck, like, what am I supposed to do? Um, I like comedy, but I can't progress but now look at you you know now you're you know you're um you've got your own show and things like that um so it's it's good you went through the hardships and now you're you're doing better which is great man i'm proud of you super proud no oh, thanks buddy i'm proud of you as well man uh, but like yeah like you said uh, the kind of uh, funny thing about it is like um you were saying you were going through med school and you're looking at people on social media they're traveling they're doing all this stuff but uh, it's kind of the same thing like uh the funny thing is you see the people who travel do a lot of stuff and then they kind of look at people who are going through school and then they're thinking the exact same thing so it's funny yeah yeah it's funny how we like like it doesn't matter what path you go down you're always going to look at somebody going down the other path and uh kind of think like oh, shit should i be doing that like yeah. it, it whatever life you go through you're going to have a part of that life like uh you can call it the shadow or whatever part that you're kind of missing out on so like you're always going to be thinking like why am i missing out on that is that but the one thing you're saying like it is good to have that uh, hardship it's good to like go through something it's the same with me with comedy i went many years where i just kind of was looking like yeah. jesus christ like what am i doing and like uh is this what i really want to do and like uh, you said like with medicine you got to constantly keep learning um it's the same with comedy i got to constantly keep learning and like changing my skills up and like trying to do that kind of same stuff so you know you could be a doctor but obviously you want to progress either to become like a gp or which is like a i think you have it in the you know, like a family doctor and i think that's what they call it in america like a gp a family doctor or you could become a consultant but if you want to become a consultant or a gp you've got to work hard and you've got to compete because there's only a limited number of places for things. So 
you've got to think to yourself, how can I do this better in the interview? What can I do better in the interview? What can I say better? How can it be different from other people? And that's the same with you. You know, you've got to think to yourself, what, what can I do to make a twist on this? What can I do to make a twist on that? How can I be better? Is that, you know, you, so it's always, I think it's a learning path. We may, I mean, you may be doing two separate things, but it's like we're learning at the same time. We're learning how to make ourselves better. And I think life brings challenges to you, but I think what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, no, I've, uh, I've always thought of like, uh, hardships like that. If you, um, if you can look at a hardship or even like a failure and look at it as a, just like a learning opportunity, I, I think a lot of people have talked about that. Like it's, it, it's just the better attitude to have and it, it, it gives you growth and it gives you confidence. Like you said, like well, once you make it through something that you were like, holy shit, I made it through this, that gives you confidence and you can attack the next step, um, way better with like a way more skill and confidence, which is just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Man. That's exactly how it is. You gotta, you gotta go through hardships first in order for you to succeed in life. That's what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, also I wanted to talk a little bit about meditation and yoga. Like, um, you like, these are tools that are just huge in my life. Um, how, how, how about for yourself? Uh, you said you kind of use it a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I use it now. Uh, but I used to use it so much more in medical school. I was using it like two, three times a day, uh, because it really, really helps you just relax your mind. Um, and just like, I, I'd follow these people on just doing like this five, 10 minutes in the morning. I mean, normally yoga should take longer, but just doing five, 10 minutes in the morning, doing morning stretches. Uh, which I still do now before I, I go to work. That's why I wake up around 5.56, o'clock. 5.50. I'll do 10-15 minutes of it, do some morning stretches, do a lot of, you know, concentrate my breathing. Um, I also have asthma as well. So, you know, I, I take my inhaler, but I've noticed that with, with my yoga, it's actually really helped. It actually has helped my breathing a lot. So just doing a lot of breathing in and out and stretching, uh, you know, then, you know, I'm good to go for the rest of the day because I get bad cramps in my back because I, I grew up, I had a huge growth spurt. I went from like five foot seven to six foot three in like four years. So, oh wow, like this. And so naturally I hunched my shoulders like this. And, um, but my dad's been telling me to do yoga and he's been doing it for like 30 years and he does meditation. And, uh, so I tried it out. Um, cause I first thought, oh, this is some bullshit foreigner thing. Pakistani thing, but I, I found that it actually helps. And, and, and to be honest, you many many doctors do. I spoke to many South Asian doctors. I think it's a South a South Asian thing to do some t different types of, I don't know, like some yogi type of yoga thing. But it's just the stretching and the breathing every morning helps me go throughout the day because I keep keep my back straight because I'm always on my feet and mentally I feel fresh. And uh, when I don't do it, I'm grumpy. I get a bad backache and I'm really tired. And that's the most inc incredible thing. You would think that just, you know, stretching in the morning and breathing wouldn't affect you throughout the day, but it really does. It has a huge difference on your, your mindset, your mentality and just being positive. And when I don't do it, sometimes that happens because I'm rushing in the morning. Sometimes I just think, Oh, okay. I can't be asked. I'm not doing my yoga today. I've got to rush to work. When I don't do it, I'm feeling so tired and I feel lethargic and lazy and mentally I'm not fresh. So, yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. No, I'm glad you're doing those, man. It's, uh, these are great, uh, practices and like these are two, like, practices I love to promote. Uh, I've been, uh, doing like, uh, like meditation for years and like, uh, even this COVID thing hit me. So, like, uh, I've been doing this breathing exercise for the last couple of years, which is, it's called the Wim Hof breathing, but it's a breathing exercise where you kind of like inhale really rapidly for like uh, 30 seconds, uh, or, uh, 30 times, fill your body with oxygen, and then you exhale and just kind of hold your breath. But uh, it really helps fill your body with energy and it puts you in a meditative state. So I've been doing this like, pretty much daily for the last few years and then like meditating right afterwards and it's just such a great way to like kind of start your day off and like how you say it just uh fills you up with energy and um yeah just uh, 
gets your mind nice and silent so like you can really focus and keep your attention on stuff and really like put your mind on what you really want to do with your life and uh yeah it's been nice <clears throat> since uh i had covid and then i had like basically like uh, uh two weeks of just not doing any of this stuff and like waiting and then like i started getting this stuff back going like my energy's back i'm feeling good i'm working out again so no, it's it's yoga and meditation has remarkable effects on the body that can even prevent you from getting you know first of all it, it's good for the skin it keeps a lot of people youthful it's the truth it really does it keeps the face tight you can do face face facial exercises my parents both do yoga it really really is i think it's incredible it can oh, you know there's some research that could help prevent certain type of diseases and things like that you wouldn't think about that but just it, it it's focusing on your body you can find ways to relax other than doing because a lot of people for example need for example cbd oil or weed and i'm not against people doing that They'll, they're trying to find things to help them relax and things like that but if you actually focus on yourself and just really find your inner center and just or whether it's through religion or whatnot just if you really focus on yourself and just lay strip everything bare you will actually find that um you know life isn't too bad and uh you know yeah yoga it's uh, i think i think everyone should do it i think everyone should do it i think mm -hmm. it's promoted a lot more uh and i think now it's 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 become almost i think fashionable a lot of people you see everyone instagram and youtube you see people doing yoga left right and center and how it's changed their life and i think it's incredible and uh it's certainly helped me. And again, I think it's helped you. And so my dad's like, oh, I told you so. I told you so. You didn't listen to your foreigner, dad. You, I, I'm always right. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny uh, seeing a brown guy call his dad the foreigner dad. <laughs> he's, uh, he's great. He's a great doctor. He's a, and I think my dad, both my mom and dad, they're great um, mentors and you know, growing up, I always used to think, because obviously we're from like a busy family, South Asian. You know, people talk about conservative and strict families. Well, but they don't know what conservative and strict is when it comes to our families. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're on a different level. But um, growing up, I, you know, I used to think, oh, well, why is my mom not let me do this? Why is my dad not let me do that? But growing up now and, and looking at it in hindsight, um, I think the level of respect and those values of respect for your parents looking after them and just, um, and, you know, looking back, I think, you know what, they were right for not doing that. They were right for not doing that. You know, it was right when they were saying to me, you know, in, in the future, you will understand why I did this. And um, it's, uh, you know, you think, obviously, when you're young, you're invincible and you know everything. But I think our parents have that kind of wisdom beyond our years. So, you know, now I'm just thinking back shit was right you know when it, when he said that to me when i was 21 he was actually right they're good no it's it's nice having uh parents like that bad it uh, definitely uh does help for sure <laughs> um all right uh Dr. Jamil, I gotta ask you the question. Uh, this is what podcast is named after so uh god yay or nay for me uh, I'd say yay. Um, I uh, I think um, I've always been kind of religious in one sense, but I I think I've become more appreciative of who I am and whatnot. I don't follow things blindly. My mum and dad never tell me tell me to follow things blindly. I I read about things. I like to read about religion and God and stuff like that. Um, I think it's something that's individual. I think people. Every person has their own opinion, and I think people shouldn't listen to the opinions of other people if they want to believe in God. For example, I, for me, it's a yay. But if other people don't want to, then it's up to them. I don't have, I don't disrespect people. I'm very, um, you know, I'm an easygoing person. But for me, yay. I feel as if um, I, I incorporate that with my yoga and my meditation. So um, it really, um, it, for me, it, it helps me and it gets me through day by day. But yeah. Yay. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I, actually, I kind of like how you said you incorporated it with your, like, yoga and meditation. So it kind of has a little bit of, like, a spiritual vibe to you yeah, almost. Like, for example, when I pray, like, um, uh, obviously, like, you know, like, how, how, how we, you know, the way that we pray. So, like, 
you know, obviously we go down, you know, stretching back up and going down and resting our forehead. And, and obviously you read like these um, holy words and stuff like that. But I concentrate on the breathing as well. So I treat it almost as if I'm doing some sort of yoga in one sense. So just let the breathing coming out. And then, you know, when I'm going back up, I'll, I'm reading the words in my mind, but I'm, breathe, I'm concentrating on my breathing. So it's it's, ah, a, yeah. it's it's a funny way of looking at it, but it actually for me personally it actually works. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I, I just honestly, to be honest, I just keep to myself. I don't lecture people about anything. If people want to talk about religion, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine. If they don't want to be religious, that's fine. If they want to be religious, that's fine. I think you just treat people equally and try not to be as judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, try 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 not to be a dick. That should be. Uh, I I think that's what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say it in the most polite, politically correct way. Don't, don't be a dickhead, basically, guys. Just uh, try to understand people and what they've gone through in their lives, and you know, pe and people change all the time. People who are religious now could not be religious in the future. People who are religious who are not religious now could be religious in the future. So it's um just live in the moment and. Focus on yourself. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, yeah, all right. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jamil. <laughs> so, uh, yo, man, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I was going to say uh, if you wanted to promote something, but I guess you're not really promoting anything. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast, dude. I really appreciate okay, it. Okay, man. Thank you. And I think. Your viewers should just continue watching you because I think you're an incredible um, pod, podcaster. I don't even know. What is it? Pod, what is it? Podcaster, yeah? Podcaster, yeah. Podcaster, yeah. And you're very neutral and you're balanced. I've watched some of your videos before. You're quite neutral and you're quite balanced. And I think that's the best way to go. You've got to go in the middle. If you go in the middle about everything and be neutral about everything, you're not going to fail at anything. So I think uh, I really like your videos. I'm glad that you, um, you know, you told me you wanted to, uh, you know, you'd wanted to have me on your podcast, you know, without a doubt. Of course, I was going to come on. Um, you're my cousin and that. So uh, we don't see each other much, but hopefully after COVID, you know, I'll be, I'll start traveling and I'll definitely be coming to, uh, Toronto and Canada or Calgary or wherever you're living right now. And. Oh, dude, I'll be back in Toronto and you definitely need to come. I'll show you a good time. I really want to come. I really want to come. Nice. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks. All right. That was this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. It really does help. And also check me out on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at NewerKidY. On Facebook, it's Comedian. I'm constantly putting updates about the podcast. When new ones come out, I put up podcast clips. And, uh, yeah, I also put up comedy stuff, comedy dates, comedy clips, and different stuff like that. So uh, you can come check out, have a laugh, and get keep up to date on the podcast. Until next time, this is another episode of God Yay or Nay.